0: Hallelujah. Christ is risen. The Lord is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Salvation, the gift of eternal life, is by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. It is not of our own doing, but it is a gift from God that he freely gives out of his love for us. As the Holy Gospel says today, the Father loves you. And out of love, he has sent his Son, Jesus Christ, into the world to do for us what we could not do, that is, to save us. And so salvation is a gift from God. It is by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God, it does not depend on what we do. For I know that I am no closer to attaining to the God of heaven than when I was first conceived, except in that I have the grace of God in Jesus Christ. And so what of works? What of works? If salvation is the gift of grace given to us apart from any merit, then what of good works? Well, works are a song. <laughs> works are the fruit of a saving faith in Jesus Christ. The works of our lives bear witness to our faith in Jesus and our trust in Him that indeed He is Lord. For anyone can proclaim Jesus Christ as Lord, even the demons, as James says, know who he is. And so the works of our lives proclaim our faith in Christ. They cannot save us, but they are the fruits of a saving faith In Jesus. Which one of us would be worthy of going before God based on what we have done? None of us. I certainly could not, if I was called home today, go before the Lord and have earned my salvation. So thanks be to God, thanks be to God and the risen Christ, that salvation is a gift. And yet if I say, Lord, I have done nothing to earn my salvation, I know it's a gift, but I have received that gift of faith, I have trusted in Thee, would there be any fruits to show that my faith and trust was truly in me? Jesus, And so James says to us today in the first chapter of the letter of St. James to the church, beginning at verse 22, he says, Be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves. Be doers of the word. That is, faith is something that bears fruit In our lives, faith is not something that simply remains dormant within our hearts, but is something that is put into action. We live out our faith in Christ. And we must not, as he says, deceive ourselves that we can say that Jesus is Lord but there be no evidence that we are truly trusting in him by faith for our salvation. If I say that I love Christine, Rebecca's pointing, just in case you weren't sure who Christine was. (laughs) If I say I love Christine, but there is no fruit of that love, then that love remains dormant. Christ Jesus doesn't call us into relationship with him and into salvation by grace through faith for that to be something that is simply words, but something that is alive and that lives within us and overflows from us. So be doers of the word and not hearers only. That is, we must not simply hear the word of God within church and not live the word of God. Deceiving ourselves, as he says. He goes on to say, For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, He is like a man who observes his natural face in a mirror, for he observes himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. I remember reading that the first time and going, what? But what James is saying is that we must not forget who we are in Christ, as Christ's people, saved by grace through faith. That is, when we look into the mirror, we see our image. So when we hear the word of God, we realize that we have been washed in the blood of the Lamb. We have been called to be the image, the icon, the living icons of Christ in the world. But then we must not go out and live a life forgetting who we truly are in Christ. And so often we do. We create a false dichotomy between who we are in Christ and how we live our lives. We create a false dichotomy between who we are in Christ And who we are as men and women saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. We create a false dichotomy between who we are in Christ and who we are in school. Or who we are in Christ and who we are at work. Or who we are in Christ and who we are in our marriage. Or who we are in Christ and our money. Or who we are in Christ and who we are in the world. We create this false dichotomy. We build this, 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 this fake uh, dichotomy between who we are and how we live. We say with our lips that Jesus Christ is Lord, but is he truly Lord over our lives, over our thoughts, Over our thoughts. How often I have allowed my thoughts to go boldly where no man ought to go. Is he Lord? I say, Jesus, yes. If if an angel were to appear to me and say, do you profess Jesus as Lord? I'd say, I profess him as Lord with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my being, with all my strength. And then the angel says, can, can we look at your life then? Because that would be great if, if, if that were true. Um, I'm a little busy today. <laughs> Why don't you call me back another time? Because the fact is, is that the evidence would not match up with my proclamation that he truly is Lord over my thoughts or that he's truly Lord over my lips. Because the fact is, is that there have been times when i have spoken ill of myself made in the image of god or members of my family or members of my church family or my neighbors and especially my clergy i mean i mean and also sometimes my clergy <laughs> <laughs> is jesus really lord Am I a hearer of the word only and not a doer? God forbid. And so I must pray, yes, Lord, I thank thee that salvation is not something that I have earned, for I could never earn it. Let's be clear about that. Yes, Lord, I thank thee that it is a gift of grace through faith in Jesus Christ and not of my own doing. Let's be clear about that. But Lord, I also pray for thy grace to so fill my heart that my proclamation that Jesus is Lord would truly be fulfilled and come to fruition in my marriage, in my life as a priest, in my life as a father, over my thoughts, my words, and my heart. And that when I fail, Lord, in these things, and I will, that I will immediately return to Thee and repent, trusting again that it is not by my own doing that I am saved, but by Your mercy. By Your mercy. You see, there's there's only two things that a Christian really can do. They're either walking in, in God's Word, and sometimes I do that. I'm walking in the Word. I'm walking in the Word of God. And so a Christian is either walking in God's Word, or if they have failed to do that, they are in the midst of repentance. One of two things. We are either walking in the Word or having failed to walk in his word, we are in the midst of turning around and by his grace once again being bathed in his blood and renewed by him. The one thing we're not supposed to do as Christians, but we so often do, remember we're supposed to either be walking in his word or in the midst of repenting, The one thing we're not supposed to do is endure in the sin and justify ourselves and to justify that sin. Unfortunately, I often find myself in in Camp 3. But that's the one thing as Christians that we're not supposed to do because as we wallow in that darkness, our souls become acquainted with the dark. And then the light of the gospel becomes piercing and we begin to shy away from it. And we move further into the darkness. And so we as Christians must pray for the grace and the strength by faith to either be walking according to God's word or to be in the midst of repenting when we have failed to do so. And so he says, James says, Be doers of the word. That is, allow the word to take root in your heart and bear fruit and not hearers only deceiving yourself. Don't be someone who knows who they are in Christ here, one who is saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ, and then go out that door and live a life that is in contradiction to who you are. James goes on to say, being no hearer that forgets. But a doer that acts, he shall be blessed in his doing. Again, it's by his grace. Just this morning, I said to Christine, referring to something specifically, she said, you know, you should be proud of that. You've done a great job. That wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for you. And I said to her, I only did what the Lord called me to do. And the good that I did was by his grace. But where I fell short, that was me. And so thanks be to God for what he has done. And yet, we must realize that we must bear fruits in our life in faith. So often when we read about judgment in the Gospel and in Revelation, it sounds like we're being judged by works. If you did good, you go into heaven, and if you didn't do good, you go into hell. But the fathers of the church tell us that that's a misreading. See, it's not the works that save us, because then no one would be justified before the throne of God. It's that the works have bear fruit or bear testimony to our trust in, in Jesus Christ and the measure of grace that God has given us. And so no fruit, then it wasn't truly that we trusted in the Lord. For anyone can say Jesus is Lord. James goes on to say, If anyone does not bridle his tongue but deceives his heart, this man's religion is in vain. Now I have a lot to share about the tongue. We don't often think about the tongue. It is not a holy thing. (laughs) This is a very bad thing. It is. It's a very bad thing. The tongue gets us into all kinds of trouble. I'm going to read these quickly, otherwise we'd be here forever. Romans 3, 13. Their throat is an open grave. They use their tongues to deceive. The venom of asps is under their lips. Romans 14, 11, For it is written, as I live, says the Lord, Every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall give praise to God. So which is it? Are we Romans 3? Their throat is an open grave. They use their tongue to deceive. The venom of asps is under their lips. Or are we Romans fourteen eleven? As I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall give praise to God. How do we use our tongues? Is it for the honor and glory of God, or are we venomous serpents? Morning and evening prayer begins, O Lord, open thou our lips, and our mouth shall show forth thy praise. And we make the sign of the cross over our lips, that the cross may be a filter, that we may use these lips to proclaim God's praise and bring honor and glory to his name, and not for sin. And yet, so often, with these same lips that we proclaim God, we tear down those whom He loves. With the same lips that receive the body and blood of Jesus, we then feed on our own church family downstairs over coffee. With the same lips that God gave us to share the gospel, we use those same lips. To justify ourselves as if somehow we could be justified before the throne of God. Philippians 2:11, "And every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ the L- is Lord to the glory of God the Father." Amen? Amen? But James 3, beginning at verse five, "So the tongue is a little member and boasts of great things. How great a forest is set ablaze by such a small fire. Who here hasn't experienced that in their life, where your tongue said only a few words, and yet it led you into one big mess? He goes on to say, and the tongue is a fire. The tongue is an unrighteous world among our members, staining the body, setting on fire the cycle of nature, and it's set on fire by hell. Tell us what you really think. (laughs) For every kind of beast and bird, of reptile and sea creature, can be tamed, and has been tamed by man. But no human being can tame the tongue, a restless evil full of deadly poison. With it we bless the Lord and Father, and with it we curse men, who are made in the likeness of God. Every person that I have ever torn down or spoken ill of is loved by God and is a person for whom Jesus died. I, I love all of you, and, and, and most of the time, if you come up to me and say, you know, um, Father Michael, I, your sermons are, are long, and you're bald, and I don't know what else. <laughs> You know, I I tend to be like, well, where's this really coming from, and all that stuff. (laughs) But, if you come up to me and say, you know, I got a real issue with Christine, you know, she's blah, 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 and that's going to be a little harder, isn't it? Right? Because you're attacking the one I love. Well, every single human being that we have ever spoken ill of is God's beloved. And we are tearing them down. From the same mouth come blessing and cursing. My brethren, this ought not to be so. 1 Peter 3, For he that would love life and see good days, let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips From speaking guile. Galatians 5, beginning at verse 14. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, take heed that you are not consumed by one another. We are to feed on the body and blood of Christ, not on one another. But I say, walk by the Spirit and do not gratify the desires of the flesh, for the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to one another. Now the works of the flesh are plain, fornication, impurity, licentiousness, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, anger, selfishness, dissension, party spirit, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and the like, I warned you as I warned you before that those who continue in such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. And he is writing to the Christians in Galatia. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, Against such there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. That is, we no longer live according to the world and the desires of our flesh, but we live according to the word of God and the will of God. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. I have several quotes from the fathers, but I don't have time to to read all of them. But I'm going to read just a couple. From St. Jerome, the passion of this evil, slander, has so infested the world that people who have totally renounced other vices still fall into this one. One might say it is the final trap the devil sets for us. You know, I think there's a lot of wisdom in that. It's almost easier to overcome all other vices than it is to overcome slander and gossip. In fact, you know who's really bad in this church? (laughs) St. John Chrysostom. You are a man, and yet you spit the venom of a poisonous serpent. You are a man, and yet you become like a beast. You have been given a mouth not to wound, but to heal. And then I, I, this is my favorite by St. Augustine. He says, Let anything you hear, meaning, you know, over here, die within you. Rest assured, it won't make you burst. (laughs) James goes on to say that religion that is pure and undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. That is, there must be fruits to our faith in Jesus Christ. We are not saved by works, lest any man boast. We are saved by the mercies uh, and grace of God, and it is a gift. But is there evidence of our faith and trust in Jesus Christ as Lord. Is he Lord over our whole being? Is he Lord? To visit orphans. This is where I'm going to go into next week as I talk about the ascension. Christ, this is from Teresa of Avila, writing in the 1500s. She says, Christ has no body on earth but yours. No hands, no feet on earth, but yours. Yours are the eyes with which he looks with compassion on this world. Yours are the feet with which he walks to do good. Yours are the hands with which he blesses all the world. You, Yours are the hands, yours are the feet, yours are the eyes. You are his body. Christ has no body now on earth but yours. And that's where we're going to go next week. We're going to pick up right here with those words, with the part two to this sermon. Be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourself. Be no hearer that forgets who he is, but a doer that acts. If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, he deceives his heart and his religion is in vain. But thanks be to God for his mercy and his grace by which we walk. For we are justified, not by our own doing, but by His grace. Let us individually and as a church family bear fruits in our lives and in our marriages and in our homes and in our families and in this world and in Church Street and in French Hill. For Christ has no body now on earth but yours. Amen.